Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwanee Lunis, joined by Aisha Blakely and Gary Washburn. The Celtics now headed to the NBA finals for the first time since 2010. 10. How y'all feeling? How old were you there, Kwanee? I'm just getting Gary's question out the way. I knew. I you knew. knew what? I'm beating him to the push for once. I'm beating him to the push. about to go to the 12th grade. (laughs) Why are y'all like this? Funny was getting ready for the prom, G. (laughs) Had the hair did. That was 2011. You're early. (laughs) With the boofy, with the boofy crush. 12th grade. (laughs) Wow. I really set myself up for that one. (laughs) You filled out college applications. (laughs) <laughs> the Common App was a real one, though. Didn't have to fill out all those applications. Shout out to that fast. her MySpace account. Get the sister get some financial aid up in here. Just a little bit of money. You know, we don't want too many loans. But the Celtics, how do y'all feel about them? <laughs> Go, Gary. Since I stole your, your line. Go ahead. Still how do I feel joke. about them going to the finals? Yeah, well... How do you feel about the Game 7 performance? Let's start there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, this team, honestly, all year has never ceased to amaze me. Um, they've always said they can bounce back. I, I, you know, they were, I thought they were blowing smoke after Game 5 against Milwaukee where they were down 3-2. And Jason was like, oh, we feel confident we can bring it back to Boston and win the series. And you're like, come on, man, they're going to lose. They're going to get into the horde's nest of Milwaukee, lose game six. It's going to, you know, it's going to be another disappointment for the season. And then with game seven against the Heat, you know, Jason was equally as confident. And, you know, they did exactly what they're supposed to do, except for the last three minutes. They're the better team. They took control. Um, I thought they played an admirable game. They made some mistakes, lots of mistakes, too many Way too many kept Miami in the game by fouling too damn much in the second quarter, but they cut down on it. Everybody stepped up. Um, you know, Grant Williams, I thought, had a nice game. Robert was playing on one leg. You know, you wish he could have gave more, but he tried his best. Um, t- you know, Tatum picked his moments and was stepped up in the clutch, and Marcus was well, he was Marcus. You know, 24 points on 22 shots. He took the most shots of anybody on the team in the most threes. He was not Marcus, supposed to make Marcus is going Marcus is going to die doing being Marcus. I mean, you can talk to him as much as you can about 
you know, being uh, patient and not making a home run play, but he was literally trying to knock their lights out with three of those shots. It was like, oh, you thought it might, one of them might go in because it was a Celtics night. It didn't. And all of a sudden, the avalanche hit and they were able to hold it off. But I thought it was an impressive win for this franchise to get over the top. You talk about years and years and years of knocking on the door and being an emerging team. And here come the Celtics. And now they got this youth movement and good young core. But it don't mean nothing if you can't get to the finals. It don't mean nothing if you can't be the best team in the East at least. You know, Milwaukee's turn was last year. Then it was Miami. You know, it was LeBron and his, you know, those guys. But it was time for the Celtics to break through. And it was good, you know, for for the reputation of the franchise for them to finally break through and get to the NBA Finals. Now, obviously, another series to play. We talk about we'll talk about that later. But I thought it was it was it was an achievement because now this season, whatever happens. It's not a disappointment. It's not they blew now, you know, if they blew a 3-1 lead in the finals, okay, something like that happens. But um they didn't blow a three, a three-two lead against Miami. They didn't lose to the heat again. They stepped up to the moment, they matched Miami's toughness, and they were the more talented team. And it's it was it was encouraging for this franchise, the progress to see finally, after years of those nine years after the Brooklyn trade and all the first round picks, they finally got to this level. Yeah, I mean, and, and to your point, Gary, the, the whole talent versus toughness dynamic, I, I thought was really interesting to see play out in game seven because I, I believe Miami has been the tougher team in this series. But I've also believed that the Celtics have been the more talented team. And at some point, it's almost like a sliding scale of can, you're, can you lo- up, level up your toughness and get it a little bit closer to your talent? And for Miami, it, you just can't do that because they're just not, they weren't that talented a team. And to be honest, I felt the Celtics should have won this thing in five or six games. Uh, if they were able to just bring their level of toughness up a little bit closer to where the talent level was, but in game seven, I mean that, that of all the scenarios that we could have envisioned, I would not have believed that the Celtics would have won wire to wire um, that they would lead and never trail at any point in the game on the road game seven after blowing a golden opportunity at home. Uh, and, and, the one thing, there are a couple of things that really jumped out to me about game seven. The biggest thing that jumped out to me was the lack of turnovers by Tatum and Brown in the first half. I thought this was from a purely thinking man game, the best I've seen those two play together in a, in the first half. They didn't make this the silly mistakes that we're so used to seeing them make. They, they seemed to place a high premium on valuing each and every possession. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't make those really kind of boneheaded drives into the lane where it's like four dudes just wait for him, like bro man chilling, wait for him to come into the to the to the hole, and then they just start whacking away, and then he turns it over. He did a much better job of picking his spots of when to go to the rim and finish, and when to pull up, and when to pull out and reset the offense. Tatum, same thing. I thought Tatum played with a very cool, calm, collected, poised presence about him the entire game. I also like the fact that Tatum, I thought, mixed it up a little bit around the rim more than we've seen him. You know, remember, the first bucket they got was a Tatum putback. And I can't remember the last time Tatum, in an actual set play, uh, not scripted for him, was able to go and get someone else's miss and put it back uh, with ease. And there are just so many little things that they did that showed a level of toughness, mental toughness, that we really didn't see 
at a level of consistency throughout this series that was on display in game seven. And, you know, and, and that said, that being said, they were potentially a Jimmy Butler three point away from losing that game. Um, and I can't be mad at Jimmy for taking that shot. Cause in, in that situation, I probably would have done the same thing. If I'm coaching a kid, I probably tell him to do the same thing, especially when you consider how Jimmy had dominated and Al Horford defensively totally get why Al backed off because you know, Jimmy is a lot tougher to defend when he puts the ball on the floor and is attacking versus him shooting threes. That's what you want. That was the shot that you would want Jimmy Butler to take. Uh, and fortunately for the Celtics, it didn't go in. And to your point, the, this game, I think, definitely did prove the fact that the Celtics obviously had a better depth in their bench than Miami has when you talk about scoring. But overall, who would you say was your MVP for that game? I know that there was an official one, but wanted to see what yours is. Well, they, you know, Tatum is the guy that everyone would easily gravitate towards for stuff like that because that's just, you know, it's it becomes a numbers game, and that, it, I get it, I get it. But to me, the MVP is Al Horford. Um, Al Horford was the one guy that when he put up numbers, he was making an impact. When he wasn't putting up numbers, he was still making an impact. I thought what he did in the second half was so critical and vital to them winning. His level of defense in the second half was on a different level. Bam out of bio. Almost every shot he took in the second half was contested. And no surprise, he did not shoot the ball particularly well. Al had big blocks. He had, you know, just being in the right position to, frankly, make the Miami Heat hesitate to shoot and reset their offense. And, and, and maybe instead of getting what they thought would be a great shot, now they got to settle for a pretty good one or a contested one. I thought his whole play, the entire series, was absolutely amazing. And, and to think that, you know, he's going to be 36 years old in a few days um, does not play like a 36-year-old. I, I think Marcus Smart probably said it best, and I'm paraphrasing, that he hopes that he can be, you know, half as good as Al when he gets to be 36 years old, if he's still in the league, uh, which to me, that'd be a miracle in itself. Because Marcus, he, he throws his body around too damn much to be around that long. Uh, and to I your point, well, 15 years but, in the league, and this is the first time where you just mentioned he's about to, his birthday's coming up. This is going to be the first time he's playing during his birthday, which is mm-hmm. wild to think about career-wise. Yeah, especially when you know you're, you're but it means that, that means you, your team is balling out. If you play yeah. for your birthday, um, yeah, just showing up, but they showing mm-hmm. out. So I'm I'm happy for Al. That but he would be my MVP um, for for just the series and and really even in Game Seven because again I I thought his defense and his rebounding was critical. But Tatum hit some big shots. I get that. But Al Al's impact was undeniable. What you got, Gary? What you think? Uh, I mean, I thought Tatum was the MVP considering uh, just his clutchness. You saw your vote, huh? Yes. I said we saw your vote. He has a vote, everyone. Yes, I got a vote for the Larry Bird Award, and um, and this was his all-around game. I was, I was, it was good to see Tatum get. I want to say like three really early rebounds. I mean, he was twenty-six points, ten rebounds, six assists, two blocks, and a steal, um, plus seven, two turnovers in forty-six minutes, so he wasn't wasting chances. Um, I just thought he was he played a complete overall game. Jalen had four turnovers. I looked him up, three charges and a travel. Like none of the like, you know, travel, you know, players are gonna travel. Three charges, one on the Lowry, one on Adebayo. You know, I mean, that's I'm not gonna blame Jalen for charges, 
or whatever. It's but none of none, no turnovers on taking the ball in the three defenders and getting stripped. Um, I thought that was huge. You know, um, I thought Grant was fantastic. Um, scoring 11 points. That's all they need from him. They don't need, you know, he missed that three that really could have made it. I want to say like they were up 10 and that would have made it 13. And then I think it might have been Gabe Vincent. It was like 72, 62. And if Grant hits a three, it's 13. Instead, Gabe Vincent hits a three and it's, it's seven. This shows you the swings, how drastic these swings go. And so suddenly down, Miami's down seven. It'd have been nice for Grant to hit that shot with five for eight, six boards, a block, you know, solid, you know, solid play. Uh, Derek White was okay. Missed a lot of those floaters that he needs to, he's going to need to hit in the next series when he gets a free lane to the hoop. Um, but they went seven deep. But I thought Tatum played like a grown man. He stepped up, he hit that three, then he came back with that, with, with man, like 2.3 left on the shot clock, that fadeaway 19-footer splash. He, in the fourth quarter, he was the best player on the floor. You might say Jimmy Butler was the best player in the game for 35 points. But I think Jason, great all-around game. When he's getting six assists and Jalen's getting six assists, the Celtics are smart at five, so 17 assists from your top three guys, that's going to result in victory most of the time. So I'm going to give, it, I'm going to give Jason his flowers. I think that he's heard a lot about not being a leader and only wanting to be like too much like Kobe and only want to score and all that stuff. And a lot of it has been legit in the past, but I think he has refined his game to where he responded from that one shot in the fourth quarter business that he did in the fourth turnovers he did in game six. Um, he wished the Celtics wouldn't go through such drastic uh, things or games have such poor performances like game three and game six, where they could have won this series potentially in five games. Look at this series, right? Yeah. Look at the Milwaukee series. Milwaukee earned, really earned one win, game one. They won by two points in a, in a controversial cause in game three, and they came back and just the, the Celtics stopped playing in game five. Those are their three wins. In Miami, Miami beat the Celtics, what, you could say once, you know, game one, where they won by 11. Game three, the Celtics didn't show up. Game six, the Celtics had a chance to come back and, and steal the win and didn't. So they could have probably ended, obviously, gave us all a weekend off and uh, won in games one and six. But here yeah. they are. This is what they do. Um, but I credit Jason Tatum for being that dude to not be afraid to take the big shot to splash it and to lead his team. And it didn't, it was no accident that in the last three minutes, Tatum and Brown didn't get no damn shots. Yeah. The Marcus Smart show. That's how you lose. <laughs> it was. And Marcus yeah. tried to do a little too much. I say yeah. everybody loves Marcus, you know, but 24 points, but he took 22 shots. He took more field goals than Tatum and more three and 10 threes again. Like, you know. He took 19 threes, Marcus, in the last two games, six and seven. Too much. So moving forward, but credit to Tatum, credit to the guys for gutting it out. You know, I mean, everybody might make, oh, Tyler Hero was hurt. Oh, Jimmy was playing on one leg. Oh, Kyle, like Miami 
assembled that team to go and win a championship. That's why they signed Lowry. I mean, um, I'll be finishing in a minute, but we were, when we were sitting, there was a really vocal Heat fan who obviously does not like Kyle Lowry. Mm. He was like, 30 million for this BS, 30 million. I mean, he was going nuts. His fact yeah. that he was going nuts on Lowry yeah. the entire game. He was not like the Lowry acquisition. He was 30 million for this. And, you know, you got to applaud the Celtics for sticking with their homegrown players. All the players that play in the game, except Derek White, are just are their guys, right? Horford, Robert Williams, guys that either, you know, they Required. Hopers are homegrown, but they brought him back. They traded for Derek White, but the rest of the guys are homegrown. You want to pay Kyle Lowry thirty million, you know, to to give you what he did yesterday, flops and a couple of big shots. And so, Miami was assembled to win a championship, you know, and that's why they got Kyle Lowry. That's why they waited on Victor Oladipo. You know, that's what. You know, and it's good to see the Celtics' philosophy of like, listen, we're going to stick with our roster, we're going to trust our guys, let them develop, and finally work. And that goes to show that even going back to Danny, but also Brad Stevens, the fact that they were able to ignore the noise was very important. After the Game 7 win, Marcus, Jalen, and Jason have were very vocal about the fact that they did hear the noise. They did hear people saying that they should be split up, but obviously they've had that chip on their shoulder for maybe the last few years. And now they've been finally able to prove that they all can play together and be successful doing that. But to your point earlier, Derek White did say, if it was easy, it wouldn't be. So why win game six when you could win game seven and do it in a dramatic fashion at the Miami Heat's home base? That's just who they are. Yeah. I mean, they, they keep, Fans on their feet, keep you guessing, keep you you trying to you know work through your own feelings because they put they get you in your feelings the way the Celtics team plays. They really get you in your feelings. You think like, damn, seriously? But um, another one, another one. Yeah, special shout out to our good friends at Indeed.com. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges to succeed. You need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Uh, Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours just kind of going through multiple job sites and searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. Uh, and, and as someone who has been with Indeed, even before Indeed was with the A-List podcast, uh, I, I love what they do. Uh, if you are someone who, again, is involved with either looking for a job for yourself or looking to hire, they have anything and everything you want. I love the fact that you can customize the feedback that you get from Indeed that specifically meets whatever you're looking for. So with me being in the sports world, I get a lot of Indeed information on jobs for, for some of my students at, at Boston University and for folks who I know who may be looking for jobs and also for empl employers that I know who are hiring. So Indeed 
indeed gets the job done and starting and you can start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post on indeed.com slash a list that's indeed.com slash a list claim your $75 credit now at once again indeed.com slash a list need to hire you need indeed i want to talk about jason tatum a little more because after the game he posted a slideshow a lot of them did pictures of the events that occurred and the last slide is a, a text that he sent to the late kobe bryant during the game he was wearing a purple and gold armband with the number 24 how do you two think that the legacy of kobe but obviously the relationship that he had will affect the way he plays in this nba finals it's going to be on his mind i don't think there's any question it, it will be on his mind in some capacity um, but the thing that I like about Jason Tatum that he's doing, I think a little bit more of that probably isn't getting a lot of attention is he is creating his own legacy, uh, yeah. with the Celtics. I mean, we can talk about his relationship with Kobe and, 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 and all that, which is real. It's a very real part of who he is, but the legacy that he's creating for himself is outstanding. Uh, you're talking about a young man who is doing things at an age that some guys can spend 10, 15, 20 years in the NBA and never achieve. You look at the milestones and the mile markers that he consistently meets and then exceeds throughout his career, whether it's scoring, breaking this Larry Bird record, breaking this Havlicek record, or, or being in the same category with Paul Pierce in category X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Jason Tatum is becoming a grown-ass problem for the NBA uh, when you look at all the different things he can do. And the more you watch him play, the clearer it becomes to me that there's still levels to his game that he isn't at the top yet. Uh, I think his passing game is only going to get better with time. I would not be surprised if we get to a point at some point in his career where he's averaging six, seven, eight assists a game uh, and keeping the turnovers down and still shooting like, you know, 40 some percent from three point range, giving you 30 a night. He's that good. And he's that ridiculously young, which, again, that's the scary part about him and Jalen to a lesser extent. 19 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's been 19 plus or minus four years. Um, But who's counting Tatum, he's just, he's just he's just a badass dude. I mean, the more you the more you watch him play, he's and he's starting to figure out what his brand of leadership looks like. Because I know that's been a big issue, a big question mark a lot of fans have had with him because he doesn't lead the way they're used to, or he doesn't lead the way that they believe leaders are supposed to lead. But there's a there he is there's an unmistakable imprint he has on this this team. And, and when I think back at Game Six. I, it really, when I went back and looked at it, it felt as though they were waiting for him to take over, that they were just waiting for him to just say, get out the way. I got this. And instead, he was kind of like, we got here together, y'all. Let's kumbaya, Ubuntu, let's go. And then, but that didn't work. Because as Gary pointed out, you know, earlier, I mean, Tatum was a badass in the fourth quarter. I mean, he led all scores in game seven in the fourth quarter, uh, which is exactly what you expect from your best player. Uh, that was top five Tatum we saw in the fourth quarter, uh, and and it really throughout that game seven. So uh, I'm, I'm again I'm, I'm ecstatic about where he's going to go going forward because I, I I think he will be and all said and done he will be a Hall of Famer, and between now and then he's going to be one of the top five top ten players consistently year in year out in this league. So Tatum is the topic. Yeah, Tatum is the topic. Okay. Um, 
I, Wake I up, Gary. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think, as I said before, his development has been tremendous. Um, he's going to be the focal point of this next series. And not only scoring the ball, but passing, making plays. The Warriors are going to throw all kinds of wrinkles. This is going to be a new challenge. We, I think we thought, oh, they got past Brooklyn. They're ready for Milwaukee. And when Milwaukee put a, a, a real challenge, and oh, they've seen it all. They've seen it. Miami did, a, did something different. The Warriors, are, their mind trust, brain trust is working right now to figure out ways to contain Jalen and Jason. So Jason's going to, and I think it's going to be a little bit more freer on um, this Golden State series. Do they just, I don't know if they just put straight Draymond on them. Um, you know, they don't have, you know, they have Draymond. Jordan Poole's not a good defender. Obviously, there's Curry. Thompson coming off injury. Doesn't have the legs that he did three or four years ago. That's slowly coming back. And then you got, like, like you know, Kevon Looney or Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. I just want to see Tatum take his game to another level. Know that he's one of the top five players in the league and play like it in this final. This is what he's asked for. This is his showcase, right? This is all of what he wants. Um, when the Celtics drafted him, you want to be a star. Well, this is their chance to be a star, to bring that legacy, that championship legacy back to Boston, to be one of the all time greats, to go down as a legend. You never have to buy a drink again in this town. And this is his opportunity. Now, it could be the first of many, but you can't look at it like that. I'm predating you, Kwani, but remember, uh, when he was Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl his rookie year, um, and uh, second year, I want to say, second year, and everybody thought, oh, they lost, oh, Dan Marino will be back. He never went back. You know, some of these, some guys, you get one chance. Look at Chris Paul, you get one shot. I'm not saying that they lose, that they're losers, or anything like that, but take full advantage of this opportunity. It might not ever happen. There's no promise. Remember, everybody thought Milwaukee was all geared up to make it return to the Milwaukee and Phoenix, both geared up, made offseason moves, signings, all that to return. Everybody thought, oh, it's going to be a rematch. They're the top two teams in the league. Neither of them made it to the conference final, right? And so, this is not common. That's why I thought Game 7, this series was so important because what you have to do is you have to understand that you're competing against only the teams that are left. You, you, you can't say, let's get them next year. You know what? Next year, everybody's back. Charlotte, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, you know, all these teams. Um, Miami's going to be back. Like, you're competing against all 32, all 29 other teams again. Everybody's coming into the season with a fresh start. Cleveland's going to be different, different. You know what I'm saying? Like all these teams, and you're literally back in the same thing, one of 15 teams in the East. And you have to take advantage when it's down to you and another team, or down to you and three other teams. And you know, so you got to take advantage of that because it might not happen again. You don't know what team is going to emerge. Atlanta. What's going to happen in Philly? Is Brooklyn going to get itself together? Like all these questions, right? All these teams are trying to be pining for what, where the Celtics are now. So enjoy the process and play your ass off in these finals and try to get a chip because this these opportunities are not promised. And you don't, 
We don't know what's going to happen injury wise. We don't know what's going to happen with chemistry. You don't know. You you can they can the Celtics can add and oh they're the favorites and the favorites don't always want to look at the Bucks. They lost their second best player. You know. So if I'm Tatum, I'm telling my guys, listen, this is you know this is not promised. Kobe didn't go to the finals every year. Jordan didn't go to the finals. This is not promised. The greats do generally do return and have second, third, fourth chances. LeBron's and D Wade and all those, but you got to take advantage of this now. And I thought they took advantage of the opportunity that they had this year. If they had lost to Miami and that damn Heat team with a bunch of banged up guys, old guys, PJ Tucker would have made the finals over a young, talented Celtics team. That'd have been hard, I think, for Money Felt Stanley to watch. That that team beat y'all. That team is the same in the bubble. Now Miami was a little bit, probably a little bit more talented. Gordon Dragic had a little bit more. You know, Tyler Hero was feeling himself in that series. Duncan Robinson was splashing threes. But you look at that Miami team. The Celtics would have been kicking it. We lost to that team four times, including two at home. Like what? So it was a fortunate for them. If they're able to take advantage of that, now take don't let like they I like the philosophy. Conference final banners are not at the garden. We after the big gold ball. We got the silver ball. That's real nice. The Bob Cousy Award. Much love to Bob. You know, you can put that up in a case somewhere. But they're trying to go after that Larry O'Brien. And if you're Tatum, you're Brown, you tell your guys, like, listen, it's not promised we're gonna get back to you. Let's take advantage. That coaching philosophy from Coach Udoka, I think, is very vital for them to make this strong NBA Finals run for sure. There are no moral victories at this point. Yes, you made it over the hump, but now it's time to win the big one. But before we move on, we have to always give love to BetOnline.ag, the number one source for all your betting needs. If you didn't bet on any of the conference finals champion like series really you should be doing that now betonline.ag has the number one odds news and sports developments including this year's playoffs mlb scores fights and even the next nfl nll future betonline is your continued source for poker games casino games if you haven't used that code already it's still valid clns 50 you'll get that 50 percent welcome bonus on your first department deposit betonline are where the games begin Looking forward to this series, obviously they're playing a very talented Golden State team. Boston is the only team with a winning record against this team under Steve Kerr when they were nine and seven. So what do you think the Celtics need to do to really prepare for this NBA Finals? First thing they got to do is get healthy. Uh, Make sure these couple days between the start of the series uh, and, and the end of the last one that Rob Williams, you do nothing basketball related and everything treatment wise to get your body right because they're going to need you. Uh, Al Horford, you know, give him a little early birthday present and, and just have him just work on his conditioning because they, you know, Al's the one guy that I worry the most about with the Celtics in terms of over putting too much on his plate. But he played, I think, north for 45 minutes in game seven. So uh, don't expect him to play nearly as much. But figuring out how to just really make sure those guys are, are taken care of and doing what they need to do. Um, but this is going to be a great series. I mean, Golden State is the blueprint that Boston has been working from for years. You look at how that Golden State team was constructed. 
you had young draft picks that you guide and you mold and you develop. And then lo and behold, you got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Boston, you did something similar in terms of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's growth, uh, very similar. So the, they, those are some of the key factors that I think will come into play as far as who wins this series and not. Um, but it's going to be a good series. I mean, if you're Golden State, it's almost like looking at yourself from like five, six years ago. Uh, young pups don't know what the hell they're getting into, but damn it, they ready to scrap. Uh, they don't know how it's going to play out, but they ready, they ready to go. And Golden State, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Golden State Warriors of now look against the Boston Celtics of now, who look a lot like the Boston or the Golden State Warriors of the past when Steph and Clay were just getting started. So it's going to be a good series. I, I have absolutely zero doubts about that. Gary, how do they prepare? Hey, Gary. Oh, I, I thought it was coin turn. Um, you know what? I think that they have to be extremely sound defensively. I think defensively is where this series is going to be won or lost because you got experts on that other side. You got dudes that have been in six finals. This is their sixth time together, right? Play Draymond and Steph. They know they've seen every defense. They know what to do. They know how to win. And so you're fighting against not only their, their talent, but their experience. And the Celtics, they can't have these lapses of, you know, falling behind, you know, 28 to 6 or 28 to 10, or they can't, they got to be sharp at every opportunity. No more, no bad shots, no wasted possessions. They can't, they don't have to be perfect. But they have to be very, very good most of the time. And I think they have enough athleticism, youth. If you're looking at the Warriors, the Warriors are, I mean, they're a veteran team, right? Um, but with some good youth with Poole and with Kaminga and with Moody, um, you know, and Kevon Looney does his job. All he's there to do, rebound a putback, you got to keep him off the boards. He's like a low budget, not at, as athletic Robert Williams. He's not going to throw a bunch of lobs at Kevon Looney. He doesn't have the athleticism. He's a, you know, he's got an old man's body, but he knows how to play. He reminds me of Perk a little bit. Not as bulky, obviously, but like a young Perk. Yeah, I think he, he has to be he's, he has to be accounted for. So I think the Celtics just have to take their time and I think, I don't you know, I think that the Warriors are—they have lapses too, where they don't score. They—they're a high turnover team because they do make a lot of you know plays to try to get guys cross-court passes for threes. The Celtics have to be aware. Deflection. Their defense has to be on point in this series, and I think they have do have a chance to win this series if they play a sharp game. The important thing to me is trying to take hit first in game one. You know, Golden State's going to be rusty. You're going to be fresh. Not necessarily rested, but you're going to be coming off a couple of days off, but still having just played intense basketball. The Warriors are coming off a week off. Plus, you know, punch first. Jump on them and, and try to hold on for dear life and hope that Steph don't go in them 10, three games or Clay. But you can't, you got to respect Clay. Clay's not what he once was, but he's getting there. Jordan Poole's a guy who had success with him in the game last 
You know, don't look at him like Minnesota Wiggins. This dude is new. So they got a lot of weapons. The Celtics are going to have to be ready. Which I think they will be. I, I think it's self-explanatory, but when you look at this team, this is a situation where it, they really just need to utilize every single person on this roster to their best capabilities and be willing to, like with Marcus, give up the shot to Tatum or Brown and just make sure that they're making those smart basketball moves, obviously staying clean, not having tur- any turnovers, as I mean, as many as possible, and just playing clean basketball. I think that'll definitely be the key for them to succeed. But what are you two worried about going into this series about the Celtics team? Fatigue, energy, health. Yeah. Those are my big concerns because they, they're going to need all those things to come into play for them. Once we get the series started, I don't think it'll be that big a deal because you've got some built-in travel slash rest time built in the way the schedule is put together. But I, I do worry about Celtics from a health standpoint because they're coming out of, of not only was it a seven-game series, but it was a knockdown drag-out street brawl for seven games with Miami. Miami did not go out like punks. The, you weren't going, they're not, they weren't going to eliminate themselves. You were going to have to eliminate them. Uh, they, they're good. They're good, hard playing team. So Boston's ability to bounce back from a, both a physically and mentally draining series is going to be really, really big. My biggest concern is that they, they don't play with the same intensity that we've seen before. And there really, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Uh, when you look about at what's at stake, this is what everyone who ever gets drafted or signs with an NBA team wants to be a part of, and that is a championship culture. Uh, this so this is a very very big deal uh, for for the Boston Celtics to get off to a good start because that I, again I think the sooner they can put that Golden State team in a on their heels, we got to make these plays to get back into the game against Boston mode, the better off the Celtics are going to be in pulling off potentially uh, one, you know, one of the big upsets of the playoffs. Everything keeps thinking it's my turn. I think it's your turn for me. Do you want me to share what I think is concerning? Of course. (laughs) Okay. Well, for me, it's the experience aspect. When you look at the Warriors and obviously under the leadership of Steve Kerr, they have returning players like Steph and Clay that have been there that know know what it's like to win. I think it's easier when you've already been there. Not easier, but the mentality, you know how to tap into getting to this NBA Finals, preparing for it on the physical, mental, emotional level that it will bring. So I think that the Celtics are definitely going to have that learning curve of just maturing even more than they have already. Yes, they've made it over this hump of beating all the teams that they couldn't before, but now they need to keep that same mindset of this is going to be a bigger mental, physical, emotional struggle, and they're going to need to be prepared for that. Yeah, I mean, I just think they have to be mentally, and I think Ime will get them there. I think they'll celebrate last night. They'll celebrate today. I think Tuesday, they'll get down to business. Wednesday, when they get, I think how they'll get to San Francisco, I think probably Tuesday night. And they'll get, you know, their, their bodies ready to the time change. And I think once they get on that floor, the media day, and they'll be looking around and be like, oh, okay, let's let's get used to this. Let's, let's get comfortable. But I think, you know, hey, this team, these guys over here, they faced LeBron, they faced you know, great challenges, Giannis. So, I mean, the Warriors are not, um, I don't think they're unbeatable. 
But you know, they won they won fifty six games, fifty five games. So they won a, sorry fifty three games, a few more. Are they the same as Miami? So they're not invincible. They're they were fifty three and twenty nine. Um, you know, so is Miami. So if you're the Celtics, what you have to do is you just have to be locked in, laser focused from tip. No giving away games. This could be a legacy. And you, you know, oh man, we I can't believe you ask. I'll just say like we'll go back to the 2010 final. Okay, that was my first one I ever covered as a. And the Celtics are up three two in that series, going back to LA. They lost in seven games. You know what happened in Game Six? They lost 89 to 67. They did not show up for Game Six. That's the game that no one talks about. Everybody talks about the Game Seven where Kobe got all the free throws and the Celtics got exhausted because they they just they, they were out of gas. It was that Game Six that they just handed to the Lakers and said, "Tie it up. We got we got two to win one. We'll 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 rely on a Game Seven. No." Like, you don't give away NBA Finals games. And they can't give away games in this series. If they get flat beat, then you just tip your cap. But if they lose over six turnovers in the quarter or getting outscored 15 to 5 down the stretch, that's unacceptable. Like, this team, and that's what we saw in the Miami series that burned them, right? Lapses, turnovers, Jalen's two missed free throws in game six. Ball behind 46 to 20 in game three. Like, that can't happen. Like, you can have maybe one clunker. You're not going to play seven or six pristine games. But even in that game that you struggle, you're going to need to play good, solid defense. Defense don't lead. It's the offense. If you miss shots, you still win the game with defense. That's going to need to be laser-focused from the opening tip. You've both been covering the Celtics team for a while. What do you think makes them stand out this year? Uh, I would say the level of commitment to the process. Uh, I don't think that early on in the season, they were as committed to the process of grinding out and being a team that the foundation was going to be on defense and that can't be up for discussion or debate. Uh, And I think it was at one point, I think that, the ascension of Jalen Brown as a scorer in this league, the ascension of Jalen Brown as a scorer in this league, frankly, it equipped him with the mindset that I need to go and get buckets. And part of getting buckets is playing good defense so you can get easy buckets, uh, which they weren't doing a very good job of at the start of the season, but have done a much better job as we've progressed throughout the, the, the year. So the Celtics, you know, they, they're, I think they're built for this moment to compete. Uh, but it's just a matter of will they have enough talent and toughness to get over the hump and beat a very talented champion that has shown no signs of going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I think that the Celtics, the difference I see is their toughness. Um, and is it a strictly Ume? Is it a combination of Ume and experience and their maturity? I think it's a combination of that. I don't there was a world, they would have lost the Milwaukee series if they had Brad. They'd have lost, like, we don't know that. And I don't want to dog Brad's mm-hmm. coaching mm-hmm. or say, I do think toward the end, his voice got dry, his voice got uh, less impactful, and it was time for a change. I do think that. Okay. And he knew that, it seems. And yes. And with, with E-May, I think it was a fresh start. It took him a while to digest. Um, 
the, the, for them to digest his style, his system, his voice, the strength in his voice, the no-nonsense style, but it's work. And I think this team has just got that toughness that the previous teams didn't have. And I keep reverting to that series in the bubble, but they were the better team than Miami. And Miami took their lunch every fourth quarter. And then finally the Celtics fought each other. They fight the refs. They were mad at each other, but it didn't work. And I just think the personnel moves have, have made a difference. Uh, you know, you got Gordon out of there. You got Kimba out of there. You got Kai. You know, they tried to do the, uh, let's sign a bunch of big free agents. And, and, and it always worked. It didn't work with, it didn't work with either three of those guys, right? You acquired Kimba, sorry, acquired Kyrie. You saw that ended. The Kimba signing. Oh, he's a great guy. Great replacement for Kyrie. He was not the player he once was. The same with Gordon. These are homegrown players. Grant Williams, first-round pick. Marcus Smart, first-round pick. Jalen Grayson, first-round pick. Robert Williams, first-round pick. Five first-round picks in your set rotation seven. Sorry, six with Richard. The other was Derek White. Um, and then Horford you know, was, was the free agent. So of the eight guys that played, Six are, for, are, are first round picks, two signings. That's the way you're supposed to do it. That's the way the Lakers wish they could do it instead of bringing dudes off the street and bringing in all the, you know, Westbrook and uh, Carmelo and all these guys are going to come back and they're going to win championships with no chemistry. Like that doesn't, this team has chemistry. They fought against each other at times. They argued. They, you know, bucked that dude. I don't like it. They've done all that over the years. But now they've come together and they've figured out how to get along. And that's natural maturity. These guys are in their 20s, okay? You don't always make the greatest decisions in, the, in your 20s, Kwani. So, <laughs> so, like, and your, and, your, and your people skills improve as you get older. Your people skills are better at age 27 than they are at 21. How you deal with people, how you not as instinctive, you just, you know, how you take, you have more self-confidence, all that. All this is a learning experience. We ask for these guys, because they make so much money, to all get along and be perfect with each other and figure everything out. And sometimes it ain't easy. Sometimes you guys have personal issues, personal lives, things like that, that make it difficult. Not always. Marcus has been through a lot in his life. You know, Jason's a young father. Jalen's a thinker. Jalen's a guy who wants to help out social, like, you know, it takes time for that to mesh together. But I honestly think they all like each other. I don't think there's been any beefs ever since Kyrie left where dudes are like, no, I don't like that. He's a, he's a jerk. You know, I think when he left, a lot of the dissension departed also. And now it's time for them to learn how to win together. It's a process. People don't remember that the Pistons punked and pushed and bullied Michael Jordan for three or four years before he got he broke through in '91. People don't remember. They think they look at Jordan, they see the oh, Jordan just came to the league, winning championship. Jordan won a championship in his seventh year, '91. Year of the year in '84. Okay, '84 '85 was Jordan's rookie year. Okay, he didn't win a championship till '91. Okay, that's before, that's longer time than Jason. He didn't get to the finals till 91. That, that was a growing period of people calling Michael selfish and he's a one-man team and he needs help and all he does is score and 
you know, we don't play team ball, the Pistons are better, the Celtics are better, all that. And they finally just the same thing. The Cavs are better, the Bucks are better, the Heat's better. But now the Celtics have broken through. That's a it's a process. The same with Jalen, the same with Marcus. Like we all think, we all look at these guys that won chips and think it came easy. I mean, LeBron won a chip in 2012. This is ninth year. LeBron's a champion. LeBron won the GOATs. Yep, 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 yep. LeBron won a chip in his ninth year. He, he went to the finals in his eighth year and he bombed in that series against in, in, the, in his fourth year against, you know, when it was just, you know, they got swept. You know, so LeBron didn't win until his ninth year. So it's a process. And I'm glad the Celtics faithful have been patient enough, although I don't know how patient they would have been if they lost game seven, that patient with this group to know that it was going to work. Dare I say the Celtics trust the process? <laughs> I knew Kwani was going to go there. I, got it. I knew. Little hanging fruit. Little yes. hanging fruit there for Kwani to scoop on. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. They're both they're both sick of me. Well, with that being said, June 2nd, 9 p.m., the NBA finals tip off. There's not much more we can say. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm excited. (laughs) Absolutely. It's I mean, I I think it's gonna be a great series. You've got two teams that are in many, many ways similar to each other. Uh, one is a little bit more battle tested uh, in Golden State. The other one is just battlers. Uh, this is what they do. This is this is what they sign up for. And I, I think, like I said, I think all the games are going to be close. I don't think we'll get any blowouts because I think both teams can score and defend at a at a really high level, and we'll see that play out. For H. Rob Blakely, Gary. Oh, Gary, any final points? No, I said I I think it's going to be a great series, and <laughs> I said I said the key. For the Celtics, is game one. Punch first. Don't think, well, let's just give away game one. We'll try to get game two. Don't come, you don't want to come back down 0-2. Try to get that first game, make your imprint, and make it a, a, a good series by playing your best ball. Start hungry. For HR Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast, and thankfully we'll be back next week with more on this NBA Finals series. <laughs>